Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I am Joel Cookson, and it is a busy time of year here, which is why we've been uh, been quiet for a few weeks here, and it's also why I am going to keep my introductions today and my usual ramblings uh, a little bit shorter than pos- uh, than usual because we want to get right into our guests and right into our discussions and uh, and we've got a lot to cover this week so uh, as always you can um, get in touch with us uh, I don't know what I'm saying what am I talking about here so we've got uh, coming up that's what I'm going to talk about coming up we have our guests we have uh, Casey Fillmore who is the coach of the Woodstock Academy girls gymnastics team that has just completed an impressive uh, championship season so we're going to get on the phone with her talk a little girls gymnastics that's going to be fun then we're going to reach out to Dave Maloney who is a staff member here at CAST CIAC talk a little bit about the battle of the fans competition and then we're going to wrap things up with uh, one of our more frequent guests and somebody that uh, I think is going to bring a lot of knowledge for us. That's Matt Conyers of the Hartford Current. He's going to help us talk a little high school hockey. So we uh, have been trying to get a, a hockey chat on here for a couple episodes of the CIC cast, and Matt's going to help us uh, cover some of that. So uh, we've got a lot of good stuff that we're excited about, and we hope that uh, you uh, are excited with us. We've got some good conversations coming. So let's real quickly here run through things you might have missed. It is uh, tournament time. So first of all, the first thing you're going to want to check out, as always, Tournament Central. Bookmark that page. It's got all of the scores, all of the schedules, everything you could want. Rosters, you can view it on your mobile device. Uh, check out the tournament information there. There's so much good stuff there. Everything we've got related to uh, the CIC tournaments and championships that have uh, been completed and also are underway and uh, in progress, you'll get it at Tournament Central. Along with that, we suggest you uh, su- consider signing up for uh, our SMS uh, text updates or email updates. Uh, you know, schedules can change. We've got our eye on the forecast. We hope that uh, we're not going to have to shuffle things around, but uh, if we do, that's a good way to find out about it. So be sure to sign up for that as well. Things you might have missed at CICsports.com. We've got a lot of things there. Uh, just posted a, a story I wrote last year talking about uh, the need for uh, you know sort of responsible uh, celebrations uh, following uh, tournaments. This is, uh, you know, a, a a time of year when the emotions can run high, a lot of emotion, and we hope that uh, fans will check that out, something we posted uh, last year and we recycled it uh, for this year as it's still very timely. We've got our linked up winter championships. We've been updating that sucker all the way through the winter season. We've got results now from uh, boys and girls indoor track and field, wrestling, and uh, gymnastics, so uh, you can check that out. We've got some media information for covering the uh, championships in boys basketball and girls basketball and ice hockey. We've got a couple editions of linked up. We've got information about the dedication ceremony that's going to tip off our championship weekend at Mohegan Sun. Importantly, we've got a link to uh, to buy tickets for uh, the basketball championships at Mohegan Sun. You want to go through our website to get to the box office at Mohegan. That's how you don't get charged any extra uh, if you buy online. Otherwise, uh, if you go through the Mohegan Sun box office, there will be some charges added. We don't want that to happen for you. This way, if you go through our website, the, uh, the the cost will be just the same as if you buy it at the door. So be sure to, uh, to go through that. You can find that on the website as well. And uh, as um, we're going to talk about here coming up, the uh, Battle of the Fans, our, uh, our three finalists we named uh, a few weeks ago. We're going to announce the winner uh, tomorrow on Friday, uh, March 10th. So check out our, uh, our semifinalists there, and uh, or our finalists, excuse me, and then uh, get ready for the championship uh, winner to be announced uh, on the 10th. So a lot of good stuff. Also, uh, you know, sign up for the NFHS Network. So I did the math here on this. For a 30-day subscription, which is, uh, you know, 
is uh, 10 bucks. You will have access to uh, the eight boys and girls basketball championships, the three boys ice hockey championships, the six boys ice hockey semifinal games, along with the boys swimming state open. All of that is still to come on the NFHS network uh, in the next uh, week and a half. So a $10 subscription will get you, let's see, do some quick math here, 11, 17, 18 events you will have access to. That's 18 just uh, CIAC championship events. You'll also have access to any event on the NFHS network, including championships from all over the country. So for 10 bucks, you can uh, sign up, get a 30-day subscription, and uh, that's a lot of uh, sporting events to, uh, to be able to watch for 10 bucks. So we hope you will uh, consider doing that as well. So that's a quick run through things you might have missed. As you said, as I said, I'm talking fast here. I'm trying to get through some of this stuff. We got a lot going on this time of year, but I wanted to make sure I got a podcast in for you folks as uh, as we head into the the stretch run here of our winter championships. Speaking of uh, our winter championships and uh, somebody who supports us at our championships and supports us all year long is our friends at that Connecticut Department of Transportation. They remind you do not text and drive and drive distracted and always Always put aside a designated driver as well. These are critically important things. We talk about it every time on the CIC cast. We hope you take it seriously. We hope you take that message seriously. It's not worth it taking those risks behind the wheel. You want to put your phone away. You don't want to be looking at it. You don't want to be checking it every time someone texts or emails you. Put it away. Put it away. Put it away. And uh, you're also going to want to... uh, Put shoes a designated driver if you've been out uh, enjoying dinner or uh, enjoying some cocktails. Also, not worth the risk to uh, to even consider getting behind the wheel if you've had a few uh, a few drinks. So we hope that uh, folks take that seriously. Our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation do a great job trying to get that message out, and we hope you uh, you all take it seriously. So that's uh, something to consider as we go into the uh, stretch of the Winter Championships here. So all that said, let's get to our guests, and um, I talk a lot about how. Uh, you know, you can get in touch with us here at the CIAC cast by emailing CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. And had a very nice woman who did just that. She reached out to me and said, you guys don't talk enough about gymnastics. And I said, you know what? You are absolutely right. It is a sport that uh, does not get a lot of coverage necessarily at the high school level from the media across the state. And uh, that has included the CIAC cast. So we needed to remedy that. And to do that, we're going to get on the phone with Casey Fillmore, who was the who is the head coach of of the Woodstock Gymnastics Program, talk a little bit about their season, talk a little bit about the championships, and uh, we hope you enjoy this conversation. We have with us a first-time guest on the CIAC cast, and I'm very excited to be chatting with uh, with her, Casey Fillmore, the head gymnastics coach at Woodstock Academy, uh, the team that has had a, uh, a very impressive run here over the past uh, two weeks of the, the CIAC championships. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We've got uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Uh, another uh, very busy and, uh, and very successful championship season for, uh, for Woodstock Academy. So wanted to, to start off by, by just talking a little bit about this year's team and, and the championships as you were able to win the, uh, the Class S championship and then the Open championship uh, for a sixth consecutive season. So tell us a little bit about just what do you think um, were some of the keys for the success for, uh, for Woodstock this season? Um, I think leadership played a huge role on our team this year um, in the success that they had. We have two captains that are just super strong athletes, um, but really great role models for this team as well. This is also our first time in a while um, 
we had more girls with the ability to fill lineup spots. Mm-hmm. So healthy competition between just our team was such a good thing for these girls as it just pushes them to be better and keep fighting for those spots. Absolutely. So you uh, you know you go through the season, and obviously uh, the you sort of focus. Uh, I would imagine the the championships kind of at the end of the year are, are the are the target and the goal. Were there any uh, surprises along the way this year? You know, maybe people have have come to expect that uh, that Woodstock is going to be in the mix for the championships. Were there any surprises along the way uh, in in sort of how this season uh, developed and how the championships unfolded for you folks? Um, I don't think any really big surprises, but I, I think that is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think the team score came to a surprise for the girls. Um, we didn't talk about scores much this year. Mm-hmm. So when they hit 150 at, EC, at ECCs um, and then again 151 at States, they, they realized their potential, which mm-hmm. I think really took them by surprise. Yeah, no, it really uh, th- those scores did uh, did sort of jump out at uh, I think at everybody uh, at seeing the way that you yep. folks uh, <laughs> performed at the end of the year. Tell me a little bit about the uh, you know the championship meets themselves, whether the as you said the ECC meet or the the divisional meet or the state open. What really uh, you know went well for your team and, and sort of were the keys to you uh, your your squad being able to put up those those championship scores and those kinds of results. Well, I think ECCs was the star. It was the most exciting energy the girls brought all season. Um, they really built off of each routine in that meet. Um, so that was really exciting to see. They brought that energy right with them to state. Um, had an amazing outcome, setting their highest score mm-hmm. over the season. Um, state Opens had, had a strong start, but some rocky beam. Um, <laughs> we brought it back for the last event. But um, we really focused on each meet as taking something different back from it. There's always something to learn from it and grow from it. So I think each championship really um, really brought something to the table for individually and for the team. So um, we just got to put it all together. Yeah. No, it really was, as we said, uh, in, in some impressive uh, performances. It seemed as though everyone was uh, was pretty impressed with uh, with what your girls were able to uh, to accomplish <laughs> there. Um, you know, we talked about the briefly the the six straight open titles and and many uh, divisional championships along the way. Um, how you feel like this this team has been able to sort of sustain this this run of success that you're on and not get uh, you know not get too complacent and and sort of uh, you know live up to the expectations that obviously have kind of have come with it with being a part of this program now? Um, I think a big word that we use all the time is fun. Um, these girls dedicate themselves to the sport, and there are harder days than other, but um, when you love what you do and you have fun doing it, it makes that hard work all, all kind of work, uh, worth it. And um, honestly, my senior Paige is the biggest person with this. Um, she's taught me that fun is the answer. Um, so we always have that common goal. We don't really ever talk about success much. Um, I'm a big stressor in their character and their work ethic, um, and then kind of success takes care of themselves. So we we try to live in the moment and and have fun. Great, yeah. Well, it certainly uh, certainly has been paying off for uh, for Woodstock over the past uh, past few years. Wanted to talk a little bit. I know we, uh, as we said, the the championships were this past weekend, the Open Championships, and and previously the the divisional meets. I, I'm curious if there were any uh, performances or, or team efforts or anything from those other championships uh, and those other teams that really jumped out and and sort of stood out to you. Uh, obviously, we don't uh, we we don't talk too much gymnastics on the CIC cast, unfortunately. But one well, since we've got somebody here wanted to to get a sense for for some of the other performances or, or efforts that really uh, grabbed your attention uh, during the championship season 
Yeah, gymnastics is a cool sport where most of the gymnasts know each other um, from competing in club and whatnot. And so I think some big standouts were uh, Maddie Clark from Sacred Heart. She stood up her double full on bars, um, one of the last competitors to compete. We were done at the time, so we got to really watch and enjoy that routine. Um, so we were, we were really pumped for her. Um, and nearest De Jesus from Greenwich. She has an amazing ball. Um, she's just a talented athlete everywhere. Um, and we didn't get to catch all of her routines. It's hard to, well, we're in the moment too, sure. but, um, but we did get to see her ball. Um, they also have a girl, Kelsey Fedorko, um, who also had a great meet. And then, um, I of course have to shout out my team of one, Maggie McKeon from Putnam High School, mm-hmm. um, who did an amazing ball placing seventh, just, just missing New England. But, um, there's a lot of talent across the whole state. Um, and the girls are so supportive of each other, which makes it a really cool sport and atmosphere. Yeah, no, I, I find that a lot of these, uh, you know, some of these, these sports where it's sort of the, the individual competition within the team competition that the, uh, the camaraderie, as you said, you know, it can really, uh, can really be a special kind of thing. And, and we want to, uh, be sure that we acknowledge all of the, the champions, uh, Greenwich coming away with the class L title and, and Daniel hand in, in class M as well. And then obviously, uh, Woodstock mm-hmm. coming away with the, uh, the open final, but, um, so you mentioned uh, New England's coming up, but uh, and and also sort of the the strong athletes around the state. I'm just curious, as I said, we don't talk too much gymnastics here, but how do you sort of see the you know the landscape of uh, of high school gymnastics in Connecticut? You know, it's a fairly uh, small sport in terms of there aren't you know a ton of schools that sponsor it at this point, but it does seem as though. You mentioned the scores that your team was putting up and, and others were putting up that the the level of competition is uh, still remaining high. How would you sort of, uh, you know, summarize or, or sort of uh, put, take stock, I guess, in, in where Connecticut High School, school Gymnastics is right now as a sport? I think um, high school gymnastics in Connecticut is real strong right now. Um, I know just within our Eastern Connecticut Conference, we have six strong programs, um, and we haven't always had that in the past. It's been a smaller meet, and so for that meet to be strong and exciting, um, that makes that makes it just so much better. But um, across the state, 24 teams made the state tournament, um, and there's so many schools that have Team of One programs, which is really great for the girls' um, opportunity to show everyone what they train so hard doing that sometimes people don't really see because it is such a club sport. Um, that the high school program of it, I think, just keeps growing because of that. Um, gymnastics itself is such a growing sport, um, especially with the Olympics and everything that boosts it. And mm-hmm. so um, I don't see it slowing down in Connecticut. I just see it keep rising. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly a lot of fun to watch and, and one that will uh, we'll continue to try to uh, – to, to shine a light on uh, on some of these great performances and some of these great athletes. So you uh, we, we talked briefly before the um, we got on the phone here. Um, what's uh, your your kids? Some of your kids and uh, and and some of the other great uh, Connecticut athletes are are taking on the uh, the best of New England this weekend at uh, Woodstock Academy. So uh, give us a quick kind of primer for what uh, fans of gymnastics might be able to see if they if they want to check out the uh, the New England Championships this weekend. What would you uh, Yes, yeah, so there's uh, there's four states competing. Um, so there'll be the first meet consists of all the third place teams in the states um, and all the individual girls. Um, and then the next meet is the top two schools from all the states. Um, so both both teams, I mean both meets, will be very exciting um, to watch. But it's it's the best athletes in in New England. You're going to see some really big gymnastics. Um, if you haven't seen gymnastics before, it's the time to come out for sure. 
Um, and I know we're really excited hosting at Woodstock um, to show the quiet corner kind of what Woodstock can do because it's not always something, events that people go to, especially being all over the state. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a really exciting, exciting meet. Um, we're really, really proud to host it. Awesome. Well, we look uh, look forward to that and, and look forward to uh, some great performances from uh, from your Woodstock athletes as well as some of the other uh, Connecticut athletes that will be taking part. So, Coach, we uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and offering some insight for us and talking a little gymnastics. And uh, congratulations on all the success. Uh, uh, two more championships for uh, for your team this uh, this winter, and, and best of luck at New England. And thanks again so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Coach Fillmore. Really enjoyed that uh, chat, and uh, and we hope you take her up on her advice. Uh, if you're not heading to a CIAC a tournament game this weekend, Joe, check out the New England Gymnastics Championships at uh, Woodstock Academy. See some great competition there. So we really appreciated that, and uh, given some uh, hopefully given a little bit of attention to some very worthy athletes there uh, with the, the gymnastics competitions. Very quickly now, we're going to move on to uh, get in touch with Dave Baloney. I mentioned earlier the Battle of the Fans competition. That uh, announcing our winner on the uh, the 10th, Thursday or Friday, March 10th. Dave's going to talk to us a little bit about the competition and what we're trying to do here with that uh, our third year now of the Battle of the Fans and maybe how schools can get involved going forward as we uh, continue to try and dr- grow the program. Very happy to be on the phone now with Dave Maloney, who is the CAS CIAC uh, Director of Student Activities. And uh, Dave's going to chat with us a little bit bit and we've got a big uh, reveal coming tomorrow as we announce our third uh, winner of the Battle of the Fans competition. Dave, who helps uh, administer that program, is going to chat with us a little bit about it. Dave, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Joel. All right, so let's get into this a little bit here. As I mentioned, this is our third year of the Battle of the Fans. It uh, is a program that we uh, really certainly care a lot about here in the CIAC offices and wanted to talk to you and sort of uh, first of all, ask, uh, what, what is sort of the, the mission and, and the goal of this program? Why did we start it? Why is it uh, something that we think schools uh, might want to get involved in? Well, this is really connected to um, our initiative um, to build up positive sportsmanship, fan behavior, student leadership, student participation. All of this makes schools exciting. It lends itself to tremendous community support when family and friends come to the contest, they see the tremendous passion and creativity in student cheering sections as we support um, athletics throughout the state of Connecticut. Yeah, no question. And we've been happy to see the, uh, you know, this is our third year. Uh, Sacred Heart uh, was our champion in year one, and then Cheshire High School uh, last year. We were happy to see uh, even more submissions this year than we've had in the past. And uh, talk a little bit to us about, you know, what we're sort of looking for and what some of the some of the criteria are in terms of how we're, uh, you know, kind of grading or, or, or you know, choosing the uh, from the finalists uh, for the submissions. What are we looking for when schools uh, submit this competition if, if they want to get involved uh, in the years ahead? Well, clearly we're, we're looking for positive energy, uh, first and foremost, in the student body. We're looking for student leaders who inspire and who can excite um, the crowds with positive cheering, and uh, a really energized activity. But that's only part of it. Uh, Perhaps even more important, uh, we're looking for the total school community, adults, faculty, administration, uh, along with the students, who are building a positive school climate Mm -hmm. through respect, through uh, 
positive sportsmanship, uh, both with the student-athletes on the field of play and in the stands. So it's interesting that um, the entries all spoke with athletic directors, faculty, and administrators who jointly share that same mission behind the CIAC uh, protocol to build positive sportsmanship. Yeah, no question. So, it's, you know, we sort of say it's not just about having the, you know, the rowdiest or, or sort of the most necessarily, you know, the, the video that, that gets you the most fired up. It's also about, uh, you know, explaining how and, and why that your student section sort of uh, is the best representation of your school and the best representation of, you know, positive support uh, as schools go forward. So we hope schools will uh, submit. We've got, uh, we announced uh, last week, I believe, our three finalists, uh, and they were uh, Immaculate High School, uh, no Notre Dame of West Haven and Simsbury, who I believe was also a finalist uh, two years ago. So just briefly, you know, tell me a little bit, what did, uh, what stood out from those three schools that got them uh, selected as our, uh, as our three finalists from your, from your perspective? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you watch the videos, um, you're very impressed with the cheering sections, um, the high spirit, the high energy and passion. But you're also really impressed with the administrators and teachers um, and coaches and athletic directors that are talking about relationships Mm -hmm. and cultivated within the entire Battle of the Fans process is a glimpse at what a school community is doing to build trusting relationships between the adults and the students. That's the cornerstone of building a positive school climate and through leadership on and off the field of play you really get a good indicator of the kind of uh, positive school climate that's going on. And we're really, really pleased with that. And more importantly, we're pleased that in the third year, the number of entries grows. Yep. Yep. No, we, uh, we, we really were excited. And as you said, we, we went out and, uh, and had site visits with each of these three uh, finalists. And I think each of them, uh, you know, really is, is representative of, of what we're looking for. And we're very happy with the effort that they put in. And so uh, we hope that fans will, uh, will take a look and take a look on the website and, and view the videos from the three finalists and, and start, uh, you know, it's never too early to start planning for, uh, for next year. This, uh, this competition will be back next year. And uh, we'd love to continue to see it grow and build and uh, and have schools use it as a as a platform for really encouraging the kind of positive sportsmanship that we're looking for so Dave we uh, we appreciate your uh, your efforts in this regard with the, uh, the with the Battle of the fans competition we're looking forward to uh, to announcing our winner on uh, on Friday we're recording this on Thursday so it'll be uh, March 10th uh, Friday is when we will uh, will uh, be announcing the winner and we, we appreciate your efforts uh, in leading the charge with this. And congratulations to one and all, and we look forward to more entries next year. Furthermore, we also would remind you to use those videos as you approach um, the orientation process for incoming classes, PTA, parent meetings, um, and show it to the faculty. So on behalf of everybody here at CAS, we're very pleased and excited um, with the Battle of the Fans 2017. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much to Dave Maloney for uh, taking a few minutes there. Just a quick conversation. Wanted fans to get a little bit of an understanding about what we're doing with the uh, the Battle of the Fans, and we're looking forward to announcing our uh, our 2016-17 winner on Friday. If uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, if you're listening to it on a Friday, you may already know. This may be old news to you, but we hope you'll uh, check it out anyway. See the great job that uh, that all of our finalists did uh, in, in that competition this year. 
let's wrap things up now and uh, and buckle up. We've got uh, somebody here who uh, who we bring on quite a bit because he knows a lot, and I have a feeling this conversation could go uh, a little bit. So we'll uh, so uh, strap in, get a little uh, beverage next to you, some coffee, some water, whatever it might be, and we're going to talk to Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current. He's going to help us break down where we are with the uh, Connecticut High School Boys Ice Hockey Tournaments. We are very happy to have with us now Matthew Conyers from the Hartford Current, one of our more uh, frequent podcast guests, and uh, and that's because he does a great job breaking everything down for us. Matt, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, as always, Joel, thanks for having me on. I always uh, enjoy talking with you and talking a little bit high school sports. Absolutely. So we've got uh, Matt has, uh, has turned his attention to the hockey beat this time of year, and uh, and we are now recording this on a Thursday. So uh, the first round of quarterfinals are going to begin this evening. So we waited uh, to try to time this so we could uh, get through the first uh, round of, of hockey tournaments so Matt could kind of help us uh, get a sense of where we are and what we might be coming up. So let's start with... Uh, with where we are, Matt, from uh, you know the first uh, couple days here, what has uh, stood out to you? What are some of the big stories just from uh, from what's transpired so far uh, with the boys' ice hockey tournaments? You know, Joel, coming to the season, I think a lot of people thought uh, the divisions were could be a little top heavy. Your your, your top teams, uh, your favorites, seems to be the ones that stand out. Certainly, they're the ones that got a lot of attention. Now, if you look at the top seeds like Woodstock Academy in Division Three. Uh, Division Two, you had East Haven. Division One, Ridgefield. These are the teams that kind of dominated the headlines all year. And then right after them, especially in Division Two, you had a group of teams, maybe six or seven teams, that have been right behind. I'm talking about Guilford, NFI, uh, Farmington Valley. These teams were all there, Watertown, Poprock through the season. So you kind of expected them. So I think for me, at least, and, I, and for the people that follow the sport and, and, and followed the season, it was. Is there going to be an unknown? Is there going to be a question mark, a surprise that comes out? You know, you get to these tournaments, and there's always that big upset that we all kind of wait for with bated breath. And on paper, at least, going into the tournaments, it didn't look like we had that. We didn't look like we had that bonafide upset potential. It, it looked like it was going to be a real push for some of these underdogs uh, to come through. And But you know what? That's why you don't predict this thing that's why you don't count out underdogs that's why we call them underdogs because they are constantly here to surprise us and i think the biggest thing that struck me uh after the last three days was just that underdogs will always find a way and Mm -hmm. sure enough uh glastonbury who's not you typically an underdog in other sports but because of hockey the makeup of hockey because they're a northern team they they seem to always play that kind of underdog role having to go against the big boys of the down south of the sec uh, that was the case yesterday, uh, I should say Wednesday. Uh, they had to go against Notre Dame West Haven, who, who in my impression, uh, having seen Notre Dame West Haven, they were one of the best teams I saw all year, mm-hmm. just one of the best hockey teams, could really play, had a bona fide chance to win the whole thing. Glastonbury goes down there with very little attention, uh, probably as little attention as anybody's given a Glastonbury team in the last decade. Now, this is a team that's gone to uh, a couple finals in recent years, certainly a couple semifinals, too. Uh, and they went down there and they provided a stunner, a real stunner. Um, and it had been a little while since we had seen something like that in the last couple of years, at least, where yet you were definitely shocked. And I think that opened up the tournament a little. That said, hey, hey let's slow down. Uh, we have our favorites, but this thing is not written. This is not set in stone yet. Ridgefield's just not going to run away with it. Fairfield Prep's not going to run away with it. We got some more storyline here. 
and, and I think it, that gave it a little bit more juice, too. Yeah. Um, because you, we were talking about all chalk coming in, and, you know, we almost saw another upset later on in the night. It happened to be the game I went to. It was East Catholic Xavier. We kind of had a feeling that game was going to be close. Joey Sitar's goalie for East Catholic, in my opinion, arguably one of the best, if not the best goalie uh, this year. He, he stood on his head again. But really, East Catholic had a good game plan, came into the game in the second period, started to control pace a little bit more. Um, but Xavier fought back, got a big power play goal, 10 seconds into a power play, about halfway through the third period there. So it was a 2-1 game. They avoid the upset. Uh, there was a, there was some interesting games like that. Of course, on the other side, we saw some lopsided scores. We saw Hamden uh, play a confident, control game. We saw Northwest Catholic play a control, confident game after the second period. So we did see those big game scores that we thought we would, but they're still a little bit more up in the air right now, and that's what's striking me right now. Maybe everything, the prelude, the regular season, as we like to say, right. uh, maybe it's not as given. Maybe we are ready for some surprises. I think this is the year we just thought maybe it would be the chalk all the way through. So uh, it was nice to see. I think it, uh, following it on social media and just being in the in the sport on the beat for 10 years like I have, it was the reaction it was pretty impressive. I think Ken Bars, Coach Glastonbury, has got a, a very good reputation. He's a guy uh, that a lot of people like, a lot of people root for in a way, uh, and uh, it seems to be a lot of people caught, a lot of people were surprised, but there was a positive reaction. And, and you like to see that when there's a little bit of buzz in the tournament, and we got that yesterday. And on the other two sides, Division uh, Two and Three, uh, Division Two, we still wait. There was some overtime games right away that we got uh, mm-hmm. Newington Hall Southington. And the previous night we got uh, some quality games, too. So I think we're in a very good place for the tournament. We're really starting to roll into these quarterfinals, and I think the games are only going to get better from this game point on. Yeah, no, as you mentioned, if you start talking about if you're looking at, you know, maybe a top-heavy or six- or seven-team kind of situation, then the quarterfinal rounds is when you really uh, expect to see things heat up. And as you said, uh, you know, it is nice when we interject a little bit of a little bit of life with some upsets and maybe some unpredictability into the tournament. So we'll, uh, we'll have you here kind of walk through, uh, you know, what you're looking at in each division now since, you know, we, we can kind of uh, narrow our focus a little bit here as we've got eight teams left in uh, – in uh, in the three divisions, so let's start uh, just because I have the bracket open in front of me. Let's start with Division Three, and and you don't have necessarily have to go game by game, but just kind of what are you uh, what are you looking at? Who are you keeping an eye on? What how would you kind of break down what uh, what might transpire here in the in the Division Three bracket going forward? Yeah, Joel, there's, there's two big storylines coming in in Division Three, and you know it, it would be I would be remiss if I didn't start with those. Obviously, Woodstock Academy is a team we, we, we knew was going to be good at the start of the year. It was a team everybody talked about, and, and the limelight hasn't moved that far off of them this season. They've been that big, epic – no, I don't want to say epic, but I want to say that massive storyline. Uh, is this the, one of the superpowers of the season? Mm-hmm. And then the other side, you've got Weathersfield, Middletown, Rocky Hill, Plainfield. Uh, they go by the, the co-op name WMRP, uh, the Eagles. Uh, and on Twitter, they've got a, the fan section, the Rice Butts as well. I'll give them a, a little bit of a, a shout-out, because if you don't, they'll, they'll make sure you hear from them. <laughs> uh, but those were the two storylines. You had Woodstock, the heavy favorite, and then you had WMRP coming in, who had to combine 32 losses the last two seasons, hadn't made the postseason in three years, hadn't won a tournament game since they won Division Three in 2007. So, but they came back with seniors. They came back with focus, 
and I think the question around them was, hey, you're coming in with all these expectations, prove it. And you know what? They did. They, mm-hmm. they went out there, they won games early, they won important games in the middle of the season, and they entered the season, uh, the postseason, with the number two seed in the tournament. So those were our two teams. You had the team that everybody expected, the team that's kind of, I don't want to say catch everybody off guard, but it really had that special breakthrough season. Sure. So how does it translate now into the postseason? Well, the way we look at it, the way the bracket's set up, it's those two teams that appear to be on a collision course. Uh, Weathersfield has a little bit of a tougher draw in the sense that they have to go through uh, possibly Hall Southington down at the bottom of the bracket, possibly Housatonic. Uh, that's That would be in the semifinals. They've got a tough quarterfinal game now. Woodstock Academy's got uh, Tritown, Lyman Hall waiting. They play Trinity Catholic next. They play Trinity Catholic tonight. Uh, but these are the two teams. They deserve the tension. That, that's the other thing. A lot of times you see teams jump off the record or maybe get a little bit of flashy uh, headlines in print. But these two teams deserve the, the cr- uh, credit. They've got great players. They've won the games. They've done everything that's been asked of them. Mm-hmm. So I think the big storyline right now is, can they get through? Can these two teams avoid the upset? On paper, Woodstock Academy seems like the best team in Division Three. I mean, they've beaten uh, Suffield twice in, in competition. Suffield just lost to Fairfield Prep in the Division One uh, conference. Uh, they've gone out there. They played a schedule. They're battle tested. I, I think it's. It, I don't even have to say on paper. I, I think they are the favorite. I don't think that's a discredit to any of the other teams out there, mm-hmm. it'll be who has the best game plan to go against uh, Woodstock Academy. On the other side, Weathersfield's got all the pieces. You like when you're looking at a tournament team, they've got the goalie, they've got, they've got scores, uh, they've come in with good quality wins. Uh, they, and the other thing is that the thing that I always like to look for is that motivation, that, that specialness factor. And, and whatever it be, maybe it's just the writer and me, uh, uh, romanticizing it a little bit too much, but I think that plays a part in this at this tournament. I think you need that uh, that thing that you can't really describe, that thing that is not a tangible stat, right. a statistic. You look at all the great teams that have made runs the last ten years. There's always been that component. At least certainly these teams that make a run to Yale. You need to have that focus, that purpose. Weathersfield has that. I really like where they're coming from. I like their leaders. Uh, Steve Vaughn, Paul Wheatley, uh, these guys have, have said all the right things. They've come in with motivation. Now, those are those are the two top teams. Those are the teams that everybody expects us to talk about. But the other two teams that I, I, I mean, who's the tonic is a team that will never get credit because of where they play, how far they are from the rest of the the center of the hockey world. Mm-hmm. But their team, uh, they they have a very good first line. They're, they can, they can easily get to Yale. They're one game away, so of course they can. But they could get, they could surprise the next opponent as well. Hall Southington's been knocking on the door the last couple of years. Been right there, won the win. They just haven't put it together. They've been, you know, as, as Coach Brian Cannon always says, they're they're an inconsistent team. You get one team, and then the next night you'll get another team. Right. You don't know which team you're going to get. But this is a team, another team capable. I think this is the year they got to do it. I think they have to get the they have the team. It, it was lined up fairly well for them. It puts them in a good position. And if they get to the semifinals, beating Housatonic, they possibly could play Weathersfield, who has to beat NFA, beat the Red Hawks uh, co-op. And the Red Hawks co-op, another team that kind of skirts the coverage because of where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but if those two teams face, uh, that will be an interesting matchup. That will not be a given for Weathersfield. 
Paul will be right in that game. That's two CC South opponents. Uh, that would be a very entertaining game. Hopefully fan bases come down and watch that in Division Two. And on the other side, I really like that Lyman Hall uh, Tritown matchup. Uh, two teams uh, that have uh, a lot going for them. Uh, I, I really like the ability for Tritown to score. They can also defend, but they've had some sophomores, some younger players. Uh, Michael Schumann really come up uh, this year. Then on the uh, older than him, Andrew Gaines. These guys have done a good job of finding the back of that. That's what you need this time of the year, scorers. Um, and that's, that's the other thing that was amazing about Glastonbury. They didn't have um, maybe the bona fide scorer, that big 25-goal guy, guy that you look to to take over a game. Um, backtracking a little bit back to Tritown. Tritown's got that. Uh, Lyman, Hall, Lyman Hall, the co-op with Adam Killingworth, Cogginchuk, had to deal with some injuries. They've come together now. They were one of the favorites at the start of this thing. Uh, they got hit with a, a lot of injuries, which was tough. Mm-hmm. But they, that Finley Van Houten kept them together. Their goalie, uh, she did a great job of keeping this team together. They've gotten their players back, and they're ready to make a run. So that that four versus five game, probably the best game going on uh, in the quarterfinals. Both teams deserve to be playing in, in the semifinals, probably with the way they've gone through the season. Tritown Lyman Hall, one's going to get there, but that's going to be a quality game. I would not be surprised if it went down to the wire but when it all shakes out after that you've got a pretty good semifinal list Joel I mean if, if that's what those teams we're talking about sure. all of them will make it interesting Woodstock's a favorite and, and as you know in sports it's, it's great to have a favorite because everybody's got the target and it makes it, it makes it a little bit bigger if everybody's chasing that that real locked-in favorite. Absolutely. All right, so that's uh, quarterfinals uh, and, and looking ahead in Division Three. We'll stay in, uh, in order that the games will be played here so that uh, those, thir- those uh, Division Three quarterfinals will be taking place uh, this evening. Uh, so then we'll move on to Division Two, which will be playing Friday night in the quarterfinals. What are you seeing? What are you, uh, what are you looking for? Who, do you, who jumps out? What's, uh, what are the stories that you're interested in here in, uh, in Division Two as we move forward? We got a lot of them. It's it's it, Division Two when this tournament started on uh, Tuesday was probably the toughest tournament to predict. And, and I mean, it's high school sports, so every tournament's going to predict. So I, I get that. Uh, but these teams are are very close. You've got eight or nine that can contend for it when we started. Uh, you still got a bunch now that can win the thing. Uh, it, it was really wide open, very competitive throughout the season. Of course, you had the teams that jumped out. Right away, you had East Haven that started the year with all this buzz. They had the freshman that was already committed to Maine. They had this top line. They were going to score goals, and boy, did they score. They came out, and they just put up some lopsided scores. But what we saw as the season progressed is, hey, this is an East Haven's in the bag. Let's, let's, let's share some of that praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and certainly Farmington Valley uh, vie for it. Watertown Poprog, a very, very good team. Another team that I think um, – of course, they're not in my coverage area, but I think they're a team that probably slips under the radar a little bit. I like what I saw from them. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you've got Larry Vieira at New Fairfield and Immaculate. They've got the goalie, the guy, the, which you always need at this time of year. You've got Guilford, who got it together at the right time of the year. They put it together. They won the SWCC, the FCC SWC uh, championship, beating East Haven, making a nice run to that final. And then uh, I mentioned it, but Farmington Valley is another one of these teams that when you talk about that last factor, that, that special factor, that, that factor that you can't quite quantify, uh, Farmington Valley's got it. They went on a 10-win streak. 
10-game win streak at the start of the year. They have a player in Timothy Arena who scored 47 goals wow. and 23 assists. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, he, he hasn't really been talked about by the downstate guys. Uh, they, they, they got a few votes early on in the, the, the register poll. Uh, even after beating East Haven by four goals, uh, they were kind of still a little bit, I, I thought, and I still feel underappreciated for what they did. Uh, they come in this season very motivated. They have a, a really kind of um, hard-talking story. Uh, Mike Barone lost his mother uh, in the middle of the season, Coach Mike Barone. Uh, he came back the next night, surprised his team uh, at the game, and then he won his 200th game. They, they were, after that, they kind of spurred them on. That's when they won 10 games in a row. They had Nick Bonino, former Farmington player, Stanley Cup champion last year. He came into the locker room before a game against East Haven. Uh, so they've got all these little things working in their favor. Sure. Uh, they kind of went on a little bit of a – they slipped up a little bit. They lost uh, two games at the end of the season, lost to NFI. Uh, and I think that we kind of woke them up uh, Kind of woke them up again, won the CCC South Championship, were down 2 to nothing in that game. Uh, so they battled adversity. They, they've shown that they can handle uh, things happening outside the rink, uh, bigger life things happening and, and getting through that, which you like to see at this time of the year because – uh, and right now, anything's going to be thrown at these players. It's not going to be a perfect situation. You're not going to show up to the rink and just play your hockey game. There's going to be little bumps in the road. Someone might get a bruise. Someone might get an injury. Someone might be sick. Uh, something might not go your way. And you want to see how those teams uh, are capable of handling that little bit of adversity. Farming Valley has shown that. Uh, I think you got a special game in the first in the quarterfinals with them versus Guilford. Two teams that have shown the ability to win. They're going to be playing right out of the get-go, so that's going to be special. you got NFI lurking way down the bracket. They seem to be the popular pick uh, from some folks right now, some media members, some coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, if NFI uh, plays Watertown Paparog in the semifinal, if that happens, that would be a special game. Now, Brantford, uh, they provided the, one of the surprises in Division Two for some people by winning in the first round. They'll get Watertown Paparog next, so that's not a given. But uh, Watertown, Pop Frog, a very complete team. And then you look at the top half of the bracket. Uh, we, I haven't mentioned them yet. Uh, South Windsor, uh, they were the team that kind of gave you that wow performance in that first round of the Division II tournament. Went out there and won 8-2. They hadn't scored more than six goals in a game this year. Weren't, weren't really known as the offensive juggernaut. Ju- and they were missing uh, their second leading scorer in that game. Uh, he was out with an injury that he had suffered in the regular season finale. They come out and they really respond uh, South Windsor's always a team that's going to give you a great tournament game. Neil Robin, Dave Hummison, a, a very strong coaching staff at South Windsor that knows how to prepare for games. They put their players in position, and the players usually react. They also had motivation. South Windsor lost a disappointing game last year. So they get the tall task of playing in East Haven. They're not going to back down for that challenge. Unfortunately for them, they have to go to Northford, which is basically a home game for East Haven. Yep. Uh, but those are what, that's, that's how it's lining up right now. Uh, no really given. East Haven certainly favor. Favorite South Windsor is going to play the part of the underdog. They played it before. They beat Ridgefield a couple years ago in Division One as a mighty underdog there. So they've been in that position before. Maybe it's not the given game some people think, um, but we've got some really quality games. And then you get to that semifinals. Whoever's standing has a legit chance to win the whole thing. Sure. And it's 50-50 when those matchups come up. Um I just really like what I saw from Division Two. I think it's been uh, very competitive. It's provided with a lot of storylines this year. And those Division Two teams have gone and played 
some of these, these Division One teams, some of these teams that have been in the ratings, and they've played well against them. Um, so a lot to like with the Division Two tournament. At, at this time of year, it always seems that we keep going back to that Division Two tournament as the, as the one with the kind of the entertaining matchups, the ones you're looking forward to, the ones uh, that, that there's, there's some unknown to. And I think that's the case with Division One. I think people are going to laugh a little and say, how can he not pick East Haven right away? Um, I, I really like East Haven. I think they're a quality team and they're going to score goals. I just think there's a lot of other good teams ready to go after the, the, to go after the title and, and, and really deserve uh, the respect, too. And, and Farmington Valley, NFI, Guilford, Watertown, Pop Rung, that's four good teams that have yeah. the title. So that's fun when that many at this time of year. No question about it. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how that all shakes out. All right. Uh, we'll finish things up here, uh, at least uh, in this portion of our uh, discussion. i got a few more questions for you, but we'll. Uh, how about uh, Division One, where you and I are chatting here uh, Thursday morning. The uh, Maybe by the time folks listen to this, the uh, the quarterfinal matchups and times and sites, excuse me, the, the matchups are already set, but the times and sites may be, uh, may be posted. But uh, uh, not having that information, we can still take a look at the tournament. And, uh, and what do you see in that Division One bracket uh, and how things may shake out there, Matt? Boy, we got some tricky games to predict, don't we? Uh, and, and you look, the first thing that strikes me is you look at the 2-7 matchup, the game we thought was going to happen, it is happening, uh, Ridgefield versus Fairfield Prep. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that to me, has got the air of a state final. Uh, you really kind of, look, Ridgefield had a great season. You don't really want to say you feel bad for him, but, boy, you, you play a great year, you win your FCX title the first since 2013, you're the, the lock at number one in most ratings out there, uh, most uh, power ratings, uh, most polls out there, the, the, the team everybody's put in. I think in, in my current ratings, they've been the top team for the last six weeks. Uh, they were, they, 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 so I think it was eight of, six, eight of nine weeks they were in number one. I might be wrong off there. But you get the gist of mm-hmm. it, Joel. I mean, they were the team that had the spotlight. They were the team that kind of, Stole the show, so to speak, uh, in this season. And what do they get for their endeavors? What do they get for their uh, <laughs> work? They get to play Fairfield Prep, the team that's been there so consistently uh, since 2000. You know, really, you can't talk about high school hockey in this state without talking about Fairfield Prep in the postseason at this time of the year. Yep. They don't go that long. They don't go for three-year, four-year runs without playing in the title. That's unheard of. Uh, they win the championships when they get there. They've only lost the championship twice. Since 2000, when they get there, they play great games. They're hard to beat, uh, and that's what Ridgefield's got. So you've got uh, uh, wherever that game is moved to, wherever that game is, you've got a team uh, that's got a real. Uh, you got a game that's got real marquee lights on it. Uh, a game that could be be played at Yale that should probably be played at Yale. Um, and I, and it's a tough go. You, you, I like Ridgefield. I think uh, they've got great goaltender. They got a good goaltender. They, they've got a great team, great coaching staff. Uh, they're a team you like to pick it this year. But how do you go against Fairfield Prep with their record in the postseason? Yep. Uh, and, what they do at the start, and what they do during the regular season, they go out there and they play the toughest schedule of any team probably in the state in the sense that they're going outside state to play some of the best teams. Now, their name helps get those games, but they go out, they play those games, whether they lose or win, uh, that only makes them stronger, and by the time they get here, they're as battle-tested, as ready for big-game opportunities as they possibly can be. Uh, so that's a, that's a that is a 
uh, wild game, going to be a well-attended game. Uh, it's a tough game to predict. You don't like to go against Ridgefield because of the season they had, and they, they certainly seem to be the team this year. They seem to take that role that Darianne had the last two years in the FCX, the, the top public school in the state. But Fairfield Prep's going to give them everything. They're going to be prepared for that game. Uh, they've got the talent. Um, so I would be very, very surprised if we don't see one that goes down to the third period, late in the third period, someone getting a goal. If, if it, that's a blowout, that will be one of the bigger shockers in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, so you've got that game. Yeah. That's, the, that's the marquee game. But, boy, not, not too many bad ones after that. Uh, you look down, you get West Haven, Xavier, and, and the game lower in that side of the bracket. Uh, Xavier just had to go through one of the best goalies in the state in their first round game. They get a, they probably get one of the another top three goalie uh, in Thornton in the next game. So uh, Xavier goals are going to be a, a a low commodity in that game. Are going to be a hard commodity to get. Uh, Xavier's going to have to fight through another game. Be opportunistic. Uh, in the game against East Catholic, they scored that power play goal to win it. They're going to have to have their power play great again. They're going to have to uh, really put an emphasis on special teams. You, know, mm-hmm. you can't let West Haven uh, score in the power play. Obviously, I'm, I'm saying stuff that any coach, any analyst, any color commentator would say, but, yeah. I mean, it, 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 we've watched enough hockey games to know these kings come in to play. They're vastly important. Look, hockey's a simple game. You do those simple things right, you're going to win the game. So that means in Xavier's case uh, or West Haven's case, I think whoever gets the better goaltending, whoever wins the special teams battle, and whoever's the less turnovers, I know it sounds silly, and I, I hate saying it, turnovers, I know. But those are going to be big factors in that game. They move up to the top half, and really the question mark is Northwest Catholic, the number one seed. They've had this season to remember uh, this year. They've only been in Division One four years. Uh, now, they, they didn't hadn't won a Division One tournament game until last night. They got that monkey off their back. Now they should be playing loose. They should be playing with a lot of confidence. I think a lot of people are going to pick Hamden. Uh, a lot of people are going to think Hamden healthy uh, right now, ready to go, closer to home mm-hmm. probably in that game. It's got the, the team to beat. Uh, so, you know, they've got nothing to lose, Northwest Catholic. You're going in as the underdog. You're going in in a role as what CCC North teams have typically gone in. as, And they have the players. They have the right players. They have the skaters to get this job done. So they have to play the game that we all thought they were capable of at the start of the year. They have to play that fun, loving game. They have to play that quick game, that space game, and they have to be smart on defense. That's the thing. Northwest Catholic's going to score three goals. They're the only team in state this year to three score, three, score three goals in, a game, in every single game. This is the only team ever to do that. So they're going to get the goals. They're going to score at least three or four. On the other end of it, are they going to clear out those rebounds? Are they going to deny the easy shot from Hamden. That could be the one that decides this thing. They cannot allow Hamden to get in their zone and get easy looks at their goalie or get those rebound opportunities. We saw in the CCC North game, Simsbury hung around, hung around, kept fighting, finding a way in because they were able to pick up rebounds, able to get free in the zone. Northwest Catholic, if they play better team defense, They've got a shot to get the Yale for the Division One Finals for the first time. And, boy, that would be the capper for this Northwest Catholic team. They've got, they, they tied this year their win record. I think they're one goal away from their uh, – they've got the, the, the team goal record. Uh, they, they've achieved a lot. They, they've been in the headlines a lot. Um, they have an amazing trio of seniors in Tucker Alisi, Ryan Sherba, Anthony Siolan. They've got a great little freshman in Brennan Horn. Uh, they've got the role players. They've got Paul Laurel. They've got Kevin Eustis. They've got 
guy, they've got a solid defense, probably a little underrated defense. So they have the pieces. If they get there, that would be the capper for Dom Lanson in this group. Uh, I think if he gets to Yale, it will be his 150th win uh, as a oh, wow. coach. So they, so they got a, they got a chance. There's a lot of special things in the works for them. But uh, as good as their offense will be, it will come down to defense against Hamden, who I really like. I think Hamden could play a full game as well as anybody in the state. I think they're very well conditioned. They got one of the best players in the state, in my opinion, in Blackwell. Uh, they got a dynamic offense. And the question mark for them is, too, is how is their defense going to play? So for Northwest Catholic, the one advantage there is uh, Hamden is not the dominant defense of some of these other teams of the past. Hamden's a very, very, very good team, um, but they're not unbeatable. Sure. So uh, you got a game. If, if Northwest Catholic step up and play the have the type of performance we, we, we think they're capable of having, if they play their best game at the right time of year, it will be a close game. Otherwise, Hamden is in position to win this win. Hamden is just the type of team that you get in the tournament. Uh, they're even money at this point because they have the experience. They're well-conditioned. They have a good coaching staff. Uh, they are the favorite for a reason, uh, even though it's uh, eight versus not one. But uh, I, I, I think if, if you get Northwest Catholic to play their game, the game that they've wanted to play all year, things could be close. Otherwise, Hamden is the favorite, and it could be a two-goal thing at the end of the, period, end of the third period. The last game in the bracket is that that, that uh, underdog story with Glastonbury. It's going to be a, a lot more heads are going to be pointed that way now with New Canaan. Can Glastonbury keep this thing going? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel, as you know, covering sports and following sports, you get that first win. You get that gritty clutch first win. Uh, that you, that kind of gives you that little confidence, puts a little bit of wind beneath your wings, so to speak. Uh, that's going to be what happens now with Glastonbury. He's got believers in that room. Ken Bars. Those guys went out there, they won, they listened to the system, uh, they finally got the game they knew they could get all year, and now they're believing in themselves. And at this time of year, belief is a dangerous thing. Belief is something you don't want to go against if you're New Canaan. Sure. On the other side of that, uh, New Canaan, uh, if you could say this, uh, for a team that was in the top three for the most of the year in the ratings and in the poll, the New Haven poll, uh, they might be a little underrated too, their complete team. Uh, whereas I said earlier, Notre Dame West even might have been the best team I saw all year. New Canaan might be the most complete team uh, right up there with Ridgeville in the sense they have the, a really strong goalie. They're not going to make defensive mistakes, and they can put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting stat with them. I think they've now, as far as D1 opponents, a D, division teams that made the Division One tournament, I think they are now 10-4 and or 11-4 and after uh, yesterday's win against Greenwich. So again, after Wednesday. So when you look at that record, how many more teams can you face in Division One? How much more prepared can you get? Yeah. Uh, New Haven went out there, played the schedule, uh, won in a variety of ways. So Notre Dame West Haven was a tall order. Glastonbury's got another tall order um, against New Canaan. Um, but at this time of year, Ken Bars has proven time and time again, don't count at Glastonbury. They've got a goalie in Griffin Yeagle that – I, I can I can honestly say does not get a lot of it. He's underrated. I know that gets tossed around a lot uh, externally by us media people, <laughs> but he's an underrated goalie. Uh, Trevor Sudam, I hope I'm saying the name right. I've covered him this year, and I, I want to make sure I get it right. He had two goals in that game. Uh, Mack is another player, but, but these guys are starting to come into their own, and the real thing I like about Glastonbury in the sense, if you're going to try and find a way to get them 
uh, to get into this game is, boy, they have a high work rate. You yeah. know, m- maybe I'm a simple team that goes in and then can work and compete. Uh, maybe they're not as flashy as maybe that, that those stars like Ryan Sherba or uh, Anthony Cilone at uh, Northwest Catholic. But, boy, Glastonbury works. And if you follow sports long enough, those are the kind of the type of teams you really appreciate. Um, not saying I don't appreciate the other teams, but I'm just saying Glastonbury, high compete rate, high work rate. Uh, they are going to fight, 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 and keep pushing. And uh, maybe that will make this new Canaan game interesting. So just on a final note, you know, you look at the uh, seniors in Division One, and, and guys like Ryan Sherba, Anthony Silo. Uh, Xavier Austin Reed. These guys are playing for one last chance. Like Xavier had the disappointment of last year. Yep. So you really want to see these seniors if they step up and take that next level. Uh, you know, Ryan Sherba did that in the first round against St. Joe's. Are we getting in the position where we're going to have more senior performances? I'm sorry, Joel. I'm talking your year. That's all right. This is so, why uh, that, I, kind of, I joked before we started recording. This is why I call uh, on Matt Conyers all the time because I know I'm going to get uh, more information than I can get just about anywhere else. So I love it. We're uh, we're we're going deep here, and I love it. So uh, I've got two more questions for you, and uh, we're this time I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to narrow your focus a little bit. So we, uh, we, yeah, we... rain me in, rain me in a little bit. I need to be rained in. <laughs> That's all right. This is why, uh, there, there's no real editors for a podcast. I, I'm, I'm, I may send a, a condolence note to your editors at the current, but that's, uh, so we, um, so let's do this. How about, uh, what I want to know, give me, and these are not predictions necessarily, but let me just say, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, some of the favorites and, and you, you had the one maybe big upset in the, the first round with Glastonbury. Give me uh, in each division one thing, you know that maybe would be a surprise. Just not not saying that it's going to happen, but if you were to kind of jump out on a limb a little bit and say maybe the the most likely surprising thing or, or something that could be a surprise, uh, you know that wouldn't stun you necessarily in each division. How about that? Give me one thing in each division, uh, you know that maybe fans could could kind of say, you know what, Conyers was right, and uh, and we're all a little surprised by it. What do you think uh, in each division could uh, could <laughs> yeah, be a I surprising thing? I don't know. I don't think they'll say that. So you, the most surprising thing in each division. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure I have that. Clear. Right. Yeah, something like okay. that. Um, uh, I think uh, let, let's start with Division Three. I think Division Three. We, we talked about Woodstock. Uh, we talked about them being a very dynamic offense, putting up big scores, big games, uh, being that the, the conversation starter. Well, in that respect, I, I'll go out and say they're going to get a game. Uh, they are not going to get an easy, clear walk to the final here, uh, whether it be in the semifinal or final. I think Woodstock will have their back put against their wall, the wall at some point. And in the case of every champion, every team that wins at any level, they at some point have to have their back put to the wall and show how they respond. I think Woodstock Academy will get in that position and respond positively. And then on the other side, I don't think Weathersfield is a fluke. I think Weathersfield is going to really churn some heads uh, people look at their record. They'll look at who they play and say, okay, but what can they do at this time of the year? Uh, I think Weathersfield's going to show people that, hey, maybe you sh- that we deserve that respect, that uh, uh, we can surprise you, we can play against the best teams. We're not just uh, paper tigers, as they say. So mm-hmm. I guess in Division Three, those are two things. I think Woodstock Academies uh, will get put in a position where they have to fight through adversity. I think they're capable of doing that. I think they can get through it. But every great team in any sport has to do that. 
Uh, you look at the comparison in baseball. Cubs were the, the, the team, the darling all year. Uh, they really had it played from behind. What they have to do in the World Series to win, they had to come from behind. Uh, even in that final game, yep. uh, they had to come from behind to do it. And I think Weathersfield is going to surprise people in the sense that they are a quality team up north uh, that we see and that we like, but uh, deserves the respect of everybody universally in this uh, state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Division Two. Uh, I think East Haven is going to have to win the defensive battle. If East Haven wins one of the late games, it's going to come down not to their offense, but it's going to come down to their goalie. It's going to come down to the defenseman making a big play. Uh, so it's, we talk all about their offense, and deservedly so. They've gone out there and done some amazing things. But if East Haven wins the title, it will be their goalie putting them in a position uh, in one of those final games to get it done. On the other side, uh, Farmington Valley, uh, I think Timothy Arena is going to stamp, uh, put a stamp this season on his uh, resume as far as being the top player in Division Two. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a big game performance. This kid's a very bright kid. He knows how to find those holes, those little seams in the game. He, he's very observant, knows how to make his teammates better. I think he delivers uh, one of the, those kind of performances we talk about. In Division Two. actually, we've seen these big game performances. If you go all the way back to 2008 in Amity, Brian Nowicki scored four goals. If you go even further back, Nick Bonino, who uh, is now playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, he had a massive game in the, in the state tournament to help his team win. Mm-hmm. Is it Timothy Arena's turn? So maybe, I don't know if it's a surprise. I don't know if this fits. I hope it does. Uh, I think Timothy Arena is going to deliver that, that really that surprise, take your breath away performance uh, if they get through Guilford and get to Yale uh, for the semifinals. All right. Um, and the other side, I think Watertown Pomperog, I'm going on too long, Watertown Pomperog is going to give NFI uh, a really a game and maybe the one to steal the showcase there as maybe as far as defensive goaltending is concerned. Division one, right? You want yep. one last surprise? One last surprise one? Uh, or, or thing that, uh, yeah, that's uh, that may be a surprise. Maybe a surprise. Okay. Uh, so Catholic schools have played in 11 of the last 13 finals. Uh, they've uh, dominated high school hockey in Division one. Uh, this year, though, we saw some public schools. We saw some northern schools uh, really kind of fight back. Uh, get back into the spotlight, try and uh, make it more competitive field this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I, this, this might be against some of my predictions, uh, but here we go. I, I think a public school is going to make it three years in a row. Oh, well, I think a public school has a chance to make it three years in a row uh, with a title, and I think at the same time uh, Northwest Catholic hasn't completely finished writing their story on the season. Uh, they have a chance for a CCC team to get back to the semifinals, which didn't happen last year. And if the CCC team uh, made it to a final, that would be the first time since 2002 in Glastonbury. So there, there's my surprise. I think uh, we have a chance. If not, I, well, I'll say I think a public school is going to uh, win it for a third straight year, which is really unheard of mm-hmm. uh, uh, in this state. And then the second part of that is uh, – uh, Northwest Catholic might give the CCC a little bit more attention than what they were missing out last year and uh, has the possibility of getting the CCC North uh, 
back into the semifinals and maybe further. All right. Okay. One more question then, and this time I'm really going to uh, make you stick to one. So shut we'll... me off. Yes. <laughs> that's all right. Like I said, I, I enjoy it. This is how we. Uh, that's the the pound ca- the podcast is uh, is boundless. We can go as long as we want. So um, I just want you to give me. One, uh, well, two players, two players in each division, one, uh, you know, open ice player and one goalie in each division that, uh, that you're particularly interested in. So we're, I know we're, uh, you know, there's, there's more good players in the state than we could count, but I'm going to, I'm going to make you stick to, to one, you know, uh, open ice player and one goalie in each division that you're really, uh, looking for big things from, uh, through the rest of the tournament. One goalie. Okay. Okay. Um, well, you got, Black from Woodstock, but we know about him, right? So that would be uh, that would be an easy pick. So let's say Tri Town. Let's go Tri Town. Uh, let's go Michael Schumann, sophomore player. Uh, he plays up in the North at Enfield Twin Rinks. He's going to play Lyman Hall. He's going to face a good defense, good goalie there. He needs to come up big and have that breakthrough performance as a sophomore to get his team to Yale. On the goalie side of it, uh, Stevie Vaughn at Weathersfield. He's, he's a guy that's taken his lumps. He's had to endure those losses. He was the goalie when they lost 32 games the past two years. He's a guy that's going to be in the spotlight now. I think he's going to step in and feel feel that limelight comfortably. So that's Division Three. Division Two. you've heard me talk about Timothy Arena there a little. Uh, so be- let me jump down to goalie first, Shane Catchtort. I-, I hope I'm getting his name right. Again, a guy who covered, you think I'd get his name right at this point. Uh, but Shane, FI goalie. Uh, I think he is the biggest game changer left in this thing. Uh, he's going to be a huge, play a huge, huge part into how far NFI goes. He's probably the best goalie left in the field, or one of the best goalies left in the field. Uh, I would love to see how he does. Uh, I know we're, I don't know when people are going to listen to the podcast, but I'll give you a really dark horse pick. Uh, John Russo, South Windsor, uh, scored a hat trick in the first round game. Uh, South Windsor is going to be a big underdog against East Haven. If they are in that game, John Russo has to have. He had his probably his best game of his high school career uh, against North Brantford. He's going to have to be even better. Is he ready to take that next level? Boy, the kid can play. Uh, if you if you're a hockey guy, you love watching this guy play. Your eyes drift right to him when you see him on the ice. He's going to need another big game for his team. We don't know uh, the situation with Jack McCluskey coming back from the injury, uh, what he's going to be at. So Russo is going to have to be the guy for South Windsor. And then finally, I'm going to give you one more because he scored 47 goals. Don't sleep on Timothy Arena. I think we've done enough sleeping on him. Uh, but he, he is, he's the real deal. Division one, uh, let's, uh, let's look at division one. You heard me mention Sorenstein for West Haven. Goalies at this time of year can steal the limelight. Is he going to be the guy that steals the limelight against Xavier? Um, boy, I like the Reed brothers at Xavier. Uh, I, I haven't really mentioned them. Austin Reed moved to forward this year, uh, kind of been the catalyst, the leader on that Xavier team, uh, really playing with an, a motivation of, hey, we weren't satisfied last year. Can we get back to Yale? Can we do something special? Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier's been knocking at that door the last few years. Can they finally push on through? So, you know, the Reed brothers, Brett on defense, Austin on forward, they're going to be two game changers at the Division One level. And finally, I'm a Northern writer. I can't not highlight uh, two Northern guys. Well, no, I won't do it because you told me one. You told me one. <laughs> That's um, right. Following instructions. I love you it. You told me one. But yes, you told me one. But I will just say there's a lot of dynamic scores in that Hamden uh, Northwest game. That, that should be good. There so. we go. All right. Well, uh, you can you can tweet out the names that I uh, that I censored you from saying if you want. You'll, <laughs> no. uh, you'll so, follow- <laughs> 
Austin, Austin Reed and, and West Haven uh, in net. Those are my uh, players. All right. I love it. So, Matt Conyers, it's, uh, it is always a pleasure. We uh, – Go go get a drink of water and uh, and rest your voice a little bit here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be excited about it. This is gonna be a fun uh, fun week and a half now of uh, of championship hockey, and we hope that uh, the weather cooperates. And as I said, the, by the time this is posted, we may have the the quarterfinal sites for Division One, and uh, we know Matt will be out there, and everyone can check him out uh, at the Hartford Current. As always, sir, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for being patient. <laughs> Sorry for talking your ear off. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, as always, to Mr. Conyers for being with us. Love chatting with him. He's got so much knowledge. Loves talking about high school sports. It's uh, it's really great to see somebody who's uh, who's that passionate about what he covers and uh, and really dives into it as much as he does. So that's one of the reasons we like having him on the CIAC cast. I know he's going to uh, bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of energy, a lot of excitement to it. So thanks to Matt. Thank you as well to Coach Fillmore from Woodstock Academy and Dave Maloney from here at the CAS CIAC offices uh, for some good conversation. We do uh, continue to uh, to monitor the winter championships here. Well, hopefully we'll be back with you in uh, in another two weeks to to kind of wrap up the winter season, uh, including some things we haven't covered yet, including boys swimming. And I uh, want to put a uh, put a wrap on the boys wrestling tur- uh, season as well. After now the championships and uh, and a really remarkable performance uh, through through that as well. So hopefully have some conversations on that as well as wrapping up the uh, the boys and girls basketball and uh, and boys ice hockey. So we'll have a lot to talk about the next time we come back to you on the CIAC cast. As always. You can email us, CIACCast, and that is uh, two C's in there, so you got to have the C at the end of CIAC and then the C at the start of CAST, and uh, at CASCIAC.org. It's a very C-heavy email address. You can follow the CIAC on Twitter, at CIAC Sports. That's a great way to keep up to date with things. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports as well. And, of course, CIACSports.com. Go to Tournament Central. Sign up for updates. Look at the schedules. Look at the rosters. Look at the tournament information. So much good stuff there. We hope you check it all out. And with that, I am Joel Cookson. We are very grateful once again that you've decided to join us today, and we hope you will do so once again when we are back with another edition of the CIAC Cast. Have a great weekend, everyone. (laughs) 